to the first episode of The Big Er Short. Today we're going to explore the share market in all its workings, how shares are bought and sold, why they fluctuate on a daily basis, and how investors can gain and lose money. So to begin, let's look at what a share market is. The share market, also called the stock exchange, is a transparent and regulated marketplace in which shares in public companies are bought and sold. A share market is like a department store for anyone who wants to buy or sell shares in any current public trading company in the market. There are also lots of different share markets around the world including the New York Stock Exchange or NYSE and the London Stock Exchange or LSE. Australia has its own share market called the ASX or Australian Securities Exchange. In the past, trading has occurred physically with stockbrokers buying and selling securities on the floor of the stock exchange on behalf of the public. However, today technology allows buyers and sellers to be connected via the internet, allowing trade to occur virtually anywhere around the world. The Australian share market has two main functions. The first is to operate as a primary market, allowing companies to raise money by issuing shares for sale. The second is for it to work as a secondary market in which investors can buy and sell shares at prices that are determined by market forces. So, what are shares? Well, shares represent a portion of ownership or equity that an individual holds within a company. The value of those shares is determined by several factors including how much money the company or asset owns and the exchange rate at the time of purchase or sale. Once an individual owns shares in a company, they can sell them to another person through the secondary market. In Australia, thousands of companies are registered on the share market and as an investor, purchasing a combination of shares from multiple companies helps minimise the risk of depreciating investments. Purchasing shares, there are several categories of shares that encompass smaller varieties of shares. One example of this is ordinary shares. Most shares traded on the ASX are ordinary shares. They carry no special or preferred rights. However, holders of ordinary shares will usually have the right to vote at the general meeting of the company and receive any dividends or distribution of assets on winding up of the company on the same basis as other ordinary shareholders. Another group is preference shares. These usually give their holder a priority or preference over ordinary shareholders, the payments of dividends or on winding up of the company. There are different kinds of preference shares with different rights and characteristics. However, generally, holders of preference shares have voting rights which are restricted to particular circumstances or particular resolutions. However, this is dependent on the terms of the shares. Finally, there are partly paid shares. Partly paid shares, also known as contributing shares, are issued without the company requiring payment of the full issued price. At a specified future date, the company is entitled to call for all or part of the outstanding issued price, and the shareholder at the time is legally obliged to pay the call. Generally, a holder of a partly paid share has the same rights as an ordinary shareholder to vote, to dividends, and on winding up of the company, but those rights will be proportional to the amount paid on the share. By definition, anyone who owns shares 
in a specific company is considered a shareholder. This means that you own a percentage of that company or asset alongside other shareholders. There are two main types of shareholders, private shareholders and public shareholders. Private shareholders are generally invited to purchase shares which are kept between a small group of shareholders and sold internally within the company. On the other hand, public shareholders own shares in a public company where shares are openly traded between members of the public. Public companies refer to companies that have gone public. In other words, they have listed on the security exchange and have issued shares to investors, which is usually done to raise funds and expand their business. There are three ways a business can gain funding. Whether new or existing, the three methods of increasing funds are the same. Retained earnings, debt capital and equity capital will allow for a business to gain funds in the short term. However, using debt and equity capital funds may have to be paid back in long term. Funding allows for firms to invest further in projects and grow the size of the business. Retained earnings are the profit a firm makes when selling their goods and services to consumers. As goods and services are sold for more money than they take to produce, profit is made when they are sold in the marketplace. Another form of funding for firms is debt capital, which can be in the form of bank loans or debt issue. A bank loan is when a firm requests money from a bank and pays back the debt over a set period of time with interest, while a debt issue is when a firm borrows money from bondholders. Similarly to a bank loan, interest must be paid for the debt over a set time period. The final form of funding for a business is equity capital. Equity capital refers to when a business sells part of itself in the form of shares to investors. Unlike debt capital funding, shareholders do not require interest payments. The profits of the business are divided among all shareholders in the firm. Sources of funding for companies as they own a small portion of business. This also means that they can have voting rights and partial control of the business. When an investor gains funds to a firm, they receive either common or preferred stock in exchange. Common stock is partial ownership of a corporation and therefore also allows for voting rights within the corporation. However, it is a less reliable form of earning money from the perspective of an investor. As when liquidation occurs, investors with common stock will receive their portion of liquidation after all other creditors have been paid. This means investors will receive their portion of liquidation after all other debts have been paid off by the firm, which can mean that in some situations investors can lose money after buying common stocks, which makes them less demanded as well. The other form of stocks that can be bought is preferred stock, which is similar to common stock except owners of preferred stock have more senior claim on earnings, which means they are paid off before the owners of common stock are paid. Investors also gain a dividend. Now, why do share values fluctuate so constantly throughout one day's trading? Well, the main factors that affect appreciations and depreciations in the price of shares are the supply of shares and the demand by investors in the marketplace. If more people want to buy shares than sell shares in the marketplace, the price of a company's shares will rise as demand has increased. On the other hand, if the supply of shares is greater than the demand, the price will fall. Ultimately, the supply and demand affect the appeal and price of shares. Whilst it may appear that other forces such as the health of the economy and a company's earning affect share price, these are just drivers of supply and demand. This means that the dynamic between supply and demand 
causes the market to determine how much a company's shares are worth. If there are more buyers and sellers in the marketplace, then the price of a company's shares will increase, especially if there is limited supply. Contrastingly, if there are more sellers or suppliers in the market, then the price will fall. In between these two extremes is an equilibrium, a narrow price range which is maintained as the quantity supplied is approximately equal to the quantity demanded. The supply of shares into the marketplace is affected by several factors, one of which is a company's share issues. A share issue is when a company releases new shares to the public, in other words, when it makes shares available for purchase. There is always a limited number of shares in circulation for any given company, so if lots of investors want to buy a share and the supply is low, the share price will increase. Another factor of supply is when companies engage in a share buyback. A share buyback is when a company buys back its own shares from investors to reduce supply. Once this happens, the shares are either cancelled or kept for redistribution in the future. A share buyback reduces the total number of shares in circulation, which could increase the share price as well as the company's earnings per share, or EPS. The final determinant of supply is the sellers. Sellers are the investors responsible for pushing shares back into the market, increasing the supply. They normally sell to make a profit when they expect a reversal or when they think their share is losing too much value. If demand does not match the increased supply, the price will go down. Likewise, if there are more buyers than sellers, the price will rise. Similarly, the demand for shares is also affected by several determinants. One of these is any expected or unexpected news about the company. Any news surrounding a company, expected or unexpected, can cause movement in its share price. For example, an earnings report that reveals significant profit, a new product launch, missed targets, or the death or departure of a key figure could all lead to swings in demand and share prices. Even natural disasters can cause business disruption and increase a company's debt, meaning less demand. Economic factors including interest rate changes, financial outlook, and inflation also affect share prices. If the interest rate and inflation go up and the economic outlook is poor, demand will usually decrease and the share price is likely to come down. Additionally, industry trends often determine the price of shares because companies in the same industry often perform similarly and are subject to the same pressures. So, when an industry is booming, share demand in that specific sector will often increase, pushing share prices up. It is also possible for the demand of one company's shares to increase if a competitor is doing poorly. Finally, market sentiment can also affect the demand for shares. Market sentiment refers to the overall feeling that traders have about an asset. It can often be purely psychological as investors are influenced by the mood in the market instead of concrete facts and figures. It can also be quite subjective and assumptive but can be used to inform fundamental and technical analysis to estimate changes in share prices. All of these factors show that demand for shares is what gives them value. Therefore, if there is no demand for a company's shares, then they will have no value. 
Many investors analyse companies before investing in them, allowing them to predict their future share price and therefore find trading opportunities. There are two main types of analysis. These are fundamental analysis and technical analysis. Fundamental analysis is an in-depth method of studying a company's finances and external factors to gauge the value of its shares. Fundamental analysis often uses various ratios, such as the price-earnings ratio, relative dividend yield, and, relative, and return on equity, to determine the value of stock and gauge price movements. Contrastingly, technical analysis is a means of using historical charts to predict share price changes. Historical prices are a helpful way of predicting future prices. If traders can familiarize themselves with past patterns, they can recognize the patterns if they appear again. However, these patterns could have formed under special circumstances, so they are not always the most reliable indicator. Overall, the value of a company's shares is influenced by a range of factors, which are analyzed by experts to determine their likely impact on the company and therefore their price. The share market and superannuation sector are linked as some superannuation plans may have high growth strategies or life stage funds that have a portion of their super invested in shares. Usually superannuation plans for those who are not retiring in the near future will have this type of plan as they have more risk in the short term value of the superannuation fund. As share markets typically recover from fluctuation in the long term, but in the short term their value, their value may increase or decrease. Therefore, those who are closer to retirement traditionally have a more defensive superannuation plan, where less money is invested in the share market to ensure that the amount does not fluctuate significantly. Superannuation funds invest significant portions of money into the share market. In 2019, super funds in Australia had around $2.7 trillion invested in the ASX. The amount invested is only increasing, with projected $10 trillion to be invested by 2040. This is about 60% of the entire Australian Securities Exchange. Due to the extreme sums of money the superannuation sector has invested in shares, they own portions of companies large enough to make significant difference in the way the company runs. Overall, the industry and public sector funds were key players in the removal of Ryan Hartzler from his role of Westpac Chief Executive. The number of shares these funds will hold will be enough to allow for board positions in certain firms. In 2020, super funds had invested enough money to hold 35% of the, of the market capitalization of the ASX. According to David Rowe, superannuation funds could end up dominating the Australian share market and the steady, mar oh, steady growth of the funds is creating uncertainty as to whether or not the ASX will have the capacity to support this level of investment. There may not be enough supply to keep up with the demand coming from the funds. Therefore, superannuation funds have a significant impact on and link to the ASX. The share market can be used to create wealth for people in a variety of ways. You can own multiple shares in multiple companies across several different industries. This total collection of shares is what is referred to as your share portfolio. Shares can be bought in two ways. The first is by buying directly from the company when shares are first offered to the public. The second is by purchasing shares from other investors via the share market. There are quite a few ways in which you can earn your money. The first is through dividends. If the company or asset that you have shares in makes a profit and the directors of the company decide to do so, this profit, 
or a portion of it may be divided amongst all shareholders as a payment or dividend. This is paid according to the number of shares that you own. Some companies also have dividend reinvestment plans in place where additional shares are issued to shareholders rather than paying out dividends in cash. Capital growth is one of the main ways profit is made in the share market. Capital growth earns money if you sell your shares at a higher price than what you paid for them. An advantage of shares is that they can be bought and sold very easily and very quickly. You can usually sell shares and then access the cash in just a few days. This allows you to respond to an increase in the price of your shares quite quickly. Unlike property, there are no complicated legal processes and you can access your proceeds at settlement. Additionally, you can always sell a portion of your share portfolio if you need extra money. Another form of profit is tax benefits. If the company has already paid tax on their profits, then tax credits known as franking credits can be attached to the dividends that you receive. These franking credits can then be used to offset the tax that you are due to pay on other income. If you hold shares for over a year, you could also qualify for a 50% discount on any capital gains tax that you incur, which is taxed on the sale of shares. Additionally, some public companies make what are called rights issues. These allow existing shareholders to buy more shares in the company at a discounted rate and without the need to buy through brokers, thereby saving on brokerage fees. Companies do this as a way of raising more money to help them grow their business. For you, it means that you can increase the number of shares that you have in a company at a discounted price if you are confident of its potential. Even if you decide not to take up their offer, you can sell the right to buy the discounted shares to someone else. Finally, some public companies, usually in the retail, hospitality, entertainment or financial service industries, offer generous discounts to shareholders when they buy goods or services from their companies of this or their subsidiaries. Typically, you need to hold a qualifying number of shares to be eligible. Along with these large benefits, there is also a large amount of risk associated with investing in the share market. Some specific types of risk include the volatility risk. As share prices can rise and fall rapidly, you need to accept that the value of your shares may fluctuate by as much as 50% or more in a year. There is also the timing risk. Since not all sectors of the market follow the same cycles when it comes to the value of shares, some shares have a higher degree of risk when the overall share market has risen sharply and is set for a reaction. The opposite may apply when the market has gone into a strong decline and then starts to recover after showing some signs of stabilizing. Legislative risk encompasses the idea that your investment strategies or your individual investments could be affected by changes to current law, including in relation to any tax benefits you may enjoy as a shareholder. Finally, there is also the overseas risk. If you have overseas investments, you need to think about how adverse movements in currency may affect your shares. This is because when you bring your profits home, they need to be converted from the foreign currency into Australian dollars. One example of how gains for some people turn into losses for others through booms and busts in the marketplace in Australia is the Poseidon bubble. In the 1970s, there was a large-scale nickel shortage around the world, which when combined with an increased demand for it due to the Vietnam War, resulted in a sudden and exponential increase in the price of nickel. This sudden price rise was a result of the supply and demand for nickel working in opposite directions, causing the price of nickel to shoot up on global markets. 
1967, Poseidon NL found large nickel deposits in Western Australia. News of this mere speculatory discovery caused Poseidon's 80 cent shares to double in value overnight. Within the first month of this news, their stock was giving returns which were multiples of its previous meager price, making some sellers millionaires. However, this speculative theory was still yet to be proven, but this did not stop investors buying and selling in almost every mining company as the industry confidence had improved since investors thought that Western Australia was nickel rich. These events are what formed the Poseidon bubble. Now, once the investors realised that the activity was merely speculative, their confidence depleted and all mayhem ensued. Investors in all mining companies suffered massive losses due to the sudden price fall across the industry. However, this was bound to happen as originally the price was driven by the media and at best temporary factors such as the Vietnam War and the Canadian nickel shortage. Having suffered these massive losses, investors called out the government, protesting that regulations needed to improve in the marketplace. The government responded by creating a better regulatory mechanism to ensure that no bubbles like the Poseidon bubble were allowed to form in the marketplace again. There are a number of factors impacting the stock market. They can be divided into two broad groups, fundamental and technical factors. However, the overall price of stock in a market depends on the supply and demand of the given stock in the marketplace. Therefore, the market is impacted by changes in supply and demand of stock such as the Australian, Australian Securities Exchange. Economic growth has the potential to influence the stock market as if an economy is growing, firms in the given economy will be becoming more profitable. This means better prospects for growth for investors and firms, which allows for the demand for stocks to increase, therefore positively influencing the stock market. As well as this, in a growing, growing economy, firms will be earning more from retained earnings and there will be more demand for their product, which increases the company's dividends and share prices. Interest rates also have the ability to influence the stock market. Lower interest rates could encourage investors to buy shares, as if there are lower interest rates investing becomes a more profitable option than saving at a bank or holding bonds. If bond yields begin to fall, investors will turn to shares in order to make further profit and better dividends. The level of economic stability can influence the share market, as if a market is stable there will be more confidence among the investors in, in the market. When investors have confidence they will be more likely to buy shares, as well as this strong economic policies are easier to make and maintain in a stable economy. Events that can affect economic stability can be oil prices spiking and political instability. When this occurs, investors will lose confidence and therefore invest less. As shown in the previous section, the confidence of investors is essential in the stability of a share market and reduced or amplified confidence of investors can influence the share market significantly. The mood of investors can be impacted by economic news and whether or not it is good or bad news. In the example, in the case of bad economic news, investors may sell their shares, which will benefit the share market. An example of this occurring is a share market growing in a recession. As the investors sell their shares, the share market can begin to grow. Due to investors trying to predict the future, strong investment activity may occur when investors believe the worst of an economic event is over and the share market may grow, even while the fundamentals of an economy may remain poor. The bandwagon effect 
can impact the share market as it refers to investors overreacting to an event. As if news some believe is bad occurs, often many investors will choose to follow what everyone else is doing rather than make their own decisions. So if few investors overreact to an event, it can have a major effect on the market where other investors begin to overreact, overreact as well. If other markets suffer from price increase, for example, government bonds or commodities, then the investors who may have invested in these markets could potentially choose to invest in shares instead. So depending on the status of other markets, investors may choose to buy shares or choose to buy fewer shares and invest in other markets. That's it for this week's episode. We hope that you're able to gain some insight and understanding to how share markets work in Australia, their main functions and their purpose. Join us again next week when we apply the understanding to the real world, exploring the impact of COVID-19 on the Australian Securities Exchange. Thank you.